Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here is a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Your sins do not make you a sinner. Your sins do not make you a sinner. Now, if the church would be aware of this, if born-again believers would be aware of this, that your sins do not make you a sinner, if we would be aware of that, then we wouldn't be so quick to try to change people's behavior. We tell them that in order for you to be right, well, then you've got to stop drinking, you've got to, uh, you've got to stop doing this and, and stop doing that, and we can go down a whole list. We're telling them that their behavior Uh, The way they act is more valuable than the shed blood of Christ. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. I want to greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, here, and I thank you for being here today, all of you that are here uh, under the sound of my voice in this building, and all of you that are joining us online. Uh, Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community from all around the world. Welcome, guys. Welcome so much. Welcome, welcome. Uh, We appreciate you being here today, and you are in for a special anointed time. And we thank you for your faithful listening and and viewing of our podcasts and channels. So we just love you guys so much. And thank you for communicating with us uh, through your prayer requests and also for giving into the ministry. We bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. And remember, you can always go to our website at kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. And you can receive this message and so many more. Amen. All right. Well, today um, I thought that we would go back into our series uh, entitled Get Up. But as I was leaving the house this morning, uh, the Lord let me know that that series was over. It is over. And now today we are starting a completely new series. And uh, as I was leaving the house, uh, his voice was like, "Um, look at you. Your dress is even different. I said, yes, that's right. I'm not in my collar today. He said, things have changed. A season has changed. I said, oh, sometimes it takes me a minute to catch up, but he always gets me there. Hallelujah. So we're in a new series today. Uh, The graphics are the same for the former series because I was not aware of that at that point. Uh, But this new series is entitled Focus on Christ. There is a shifting. There is a wave of the spirit that is happening now. And the father Our Father wants you to focus on Christ. In this hour, he says, focus on Christ. Focus on Christ. So if you haven't heard all of the Get Up series, make sure you do it. Make sure you get into that, uh, because in in that series, you're going to discover who you are, and you're going to have to make proclamations, proclamations. I am holy. I am righteous. I am redeemed. And we went through several of those. Uh, the Father revealing to you who you are. And I pray that you're still making those confessions over your life and over your heart. Hallelujah. But today, here we are. Uh, so uh, this is part number one of the series, um, Focus on Christ. Focus on Christ. Now, we still have uh, the confessions from last week, so I want to bring those forward. But because this is also the first of this series, I'm going to blow the shofar. So Hallelujah. That lets you know, too, glory to God, that this is a relevant message. The Lord has sounded the alarm. Hallelujah. Sounded the alarm. It's time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here we go. Blowing the shofar. Boy, you thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Urgency. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Well, it's time for us. That's a holy and anointed now um, offering container there. Praise God. Bless you. All right, let's go and get into our confession. So here we go. 
Because of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I am forgiven, Colossians 1.14. All my sins have been washed away, 1 John 1.7. I have peace with God, Romans 5.1. I have been made the righteousness of God, 2 Corinthians 5.21. I am forever perfected and sanctified, being made holy, Hebrews 10.14. I am not now, nor will I ever be condemned by God, Romans 8, 1. I am loved and accepted in the presence of God, John 3, 16, Ephesians 1, 6. As Jesus is, so am I in this world, 1 John 4, 17. Now, there are some things that I need to let you know that are on the Lord's prophetic time clock, so to speak. You need to be aware of current events and uh, what's going on in the spirit right this very moment. As I've told you before, uh, that in the last three months of this year, as the spirit told us, the last three months of this year, he would prepare you for the next season. And the next season would be to take it. There are some things that you're going to have to take back. Things that, were, things that were stolen, you'll be taking back. Uh, things that uh, are for you, we're not asking anymore. We will be taking, we will be taking, taking lands and, and, uh, and financial things and taking marriages back and relationships back. This will be the time of the time that the Father will empower you by his spirit and you will go forth as a conqueror, conquering the land. So he'll give you many opportunities for wealth, many opportunities for new relationships, many opportunities for you to receive some things that were hidden from you before, some things that were out of reach before. And, and in this new season, the father says, you're going to take it. You're going to take it. Uh, since the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven have been suffering violence and the violent take it by force. So it's time for you to move forward in ministry, time for you to move forward in life. And uh, the Lord said he will, he will prepare us the last three months of this year. He will prepare us to move into this new season and take it. All right. Of course, now that will take place if the Lord Jesus uh, tarries. Now, if he holds back the rapture, of course, I'm expecting him to take us out any moment. Praise God. Take it. Take me. Take us, Lord. Now, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm ready for that, and I'm glorifying God in that. Now, also I want you to know that um, the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, uh, will begin Sunday evening uh, on September the 27th, and it goes through Monday, September the 28th, all right? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is also known, of course, as the Day of, Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Uh, this is when we are preparing ourselves through uh, fasting. We're preparing ourselves through prayer and through cleansing because the next, the next event that will be coming up, next event that will be coming up will be Sukkoth. It will be the, uh, the Feast of Sukkoth. Now, Jesus is our atonement. He is our atonement. He is, by his blood, we are cleansed. By his blood, we are washed. Okay, he is our atoning sacrifice. And uh, he has fulfilled the feast of, or that time of the Day of Atonement or the Feast of Yom Kippur. He has fulfilled that. He is our atonement. He is, by his blood, we are cleansed, we are washed. But the Lord, or should I say, and the Lord is still using these different time periods. There's still a special anointing for cleansing a special anointing around these different seasons of the year. So you will notice, especially in the believer's life, that there will be a time of shaking, a time of considering, uh, considering your life, considering what's going on. There's a special time of deliverance uh, during this. Uh, there's a special anointing that is poured out during the time of the Day of Atonement, during the time, the season of uh, Yom Kippur. All right, so that. Uh, is September 27th and uh, 28th of this year. All right. So the Lord has been preparing us by telling us, again, I'm a little bit slow sometime in these things. <laughs> he was telling us, you are holy. 
Last week's message, you are holy. He's been telling us you are redeemed. You are righteous. You are justified. He's getting us ready, getting us ready, getting us ready for this move of the Spirit. Now, again, uh, Yom Kippur, or also known as the Day of Atonement, uh, is in preparation of Sukkoth. Sukkoth is also known as, also known as, the, um, as the feast feast of shelters, or we could also say it is also known as the feast of in-gathering, in-gathering, the feast of in-gathering, also known as tabernacles, the feast of tabernacles. Now, that's the next thing on the time clock. Now, that will happen five days after Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, five days after, so it will be on October the 2nd through the 9th. Now, why is it important that we uh, make sure that we are good with the Lord uh, on the Day of Atonement and uh, Yom Kippur. Why is it that we're evaluating ourselves? The Bible says, judge ye yourselves so that, you, so that you won't be judged. Why are we asking the Holy Spirit to cleanse us and wash us with the blood of Jesus? Why are we confessing our sins? Because Sukkoth, again, is the time that commemorates, or it's a celebration that commemorates uh, the gathering of harvest, the end gathering. So it's, again, it's known as the, as the feast of end gathering, God bringing in the harvest. And this also commemorates, the it's also a celebration of how the father gathered and uh, gathered his people out of Egypt. He gathered his people out of Egypt. He moved by his mighty power, of course, and protected them and, and brought them out of Egypt. So Egypt is a type of the world, and God gathered his people out of the world to himself. Remember, they were going out to worship him. So if the Lord Jesus were to come, it's very good indication. Now, the Bible says we do not know uh, the, the time, you don't know the hour, but we may know the season because in Sukkoth, again, or the Feast of Ingathering, or gathering of the sheaves, or gathering of the harvest, um, this, is, this is what the rapture is. The rapture is when God gathers the body, brings them home. It's the end gathering. Now, whether it's going to take place in 2020 or 2030 or 2045, I have no idea. I have no idea whatsoever. But I do know that uh, that this feast, the time of ingathering, has not been fulfilled as of yet. All the other feasts, I believe, have been fulfilled by Christ, but this, this tabernacling, this ingathering has not been fulfilled because uh, that will be fulfilled during the time of rapture when the Lord takes his church. So there's a time of ingathering that would take place or a time of gathering that the Lord will do, and this could be also a time of great revival great revival as God will bring in the harvest into the churches, as many people will be saved beginning there at Sukkot. So I don't know rapture, I don't know, or whether it's time many people will be saved. We'll begin to begin, we will begin to see people being saved from all around the world as the Spirit brings people in. Hallelujah. But we are preparing for this time to see what the Lord will do in and through our lives. Amen? Amen and amen. So uh, we're on God's clock. We're on his clock. All right, the verse that we want to bring to you, we're going to start today, is in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 19 through 20, 20. And I want to bring this verse to you because this has really been on me for quite a while, and I, I believe the Lord wants me to really bring it to you. And it says this, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 19 through 20. It says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. All right. Now, the series again, the word the Father has given us is that we have to focus on Christ. The spirit of Antichrist is already in the land. Now, the person of Antichrist has not been revealed, but the spirit of Antichrist is already here. 
Anti meaning instead of or against, or it could also mean in place of. So what you will see in our culture today is many, many false concepts or movies in popular culture, many things will show you that there are many roads to get to heaven that do not include Christ or that Jesus isn't as important as he claims to be, or the Bible isn't as important as it claims to be, there are more ways to get to God. And so, again, they will give you, you hear this in the culture, you hear it over and over and over again, that in order to get to heaven, you don't need Jesus. They'll tell you that surely good people will go to heaven. They'll tell you that surely honest people will go to heaven. But let me tell you this now, and we'll get into this. Not all good people go to heaven. Not all honest people go to heaven. Not all those who are morally right go to heaven. Now, why do I say not all? Because there are some that, of course, that are uh, born of God. Born of God, good people. Born of God, honest people that will go to heaven. But remember... Your qualifications for heaven are not based on what you do. It's based on what you believe, who you believe, and that is in Christ Jesus. If salvation, if there was another way to save man that would, that, uh, would not have involved the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the death of God, the death, the burial, and resurrection of God's Son, I believe the Father would have taken that. If there was another way to save all humanity... I believe the mind of God would have come up with it, that God would not have seen, not have allowed his son to go through a horrible, a horrible death, a horrible death, paying the price for us if there was another way to save all humanity. But there was no other way. This was the way. This was the only way to get us back into right standing, uh, right standing with the Father. So the Father was in Christ, reconciling the world, bringing people back to him, not imputing their sins against them or not counting their sins against them. The father saying simply, I know what you did. I know what you're doing, but I'm saying to you, come back home because I have your sins covered. I want you. I want you. So the father says, come back. Regardless of what you've done, where you've been, or what, even what you're doing now, the father says, come, because he knows that once you come into the light, all the other deceptions will break, will fall away. Now, there are three concepts that I want you to see today, three ways that um, you're going to have to stay focused in this hour. And I'm telling you, if you hear by the Spirit, because the deception will be so, so great, so great, that, that if you are not careful, you'll be carried away with the masses, carried away. And uh, you'll see this. So let's look at these three concepts here. Number one, your sin does not make you a sinner just as doing good will not make you righteous. Let me say that again. Your sin does not make you a sinner just as doing good will not make you righteous. You have to focus on that. We're going to get into this by the word of God, by the way. Second thing is, there is only one sin that causes people to be eternally rejected by God. And what is that sin? Well, is it rape, robbery, killing, shooting? There is only one, one sin that will cause people to be eternally, eternally rejected by God, and that is the rejection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's answer. He is the Savior. If you reject the Savior, well, then you have rejected your salvation. Third, fallen, the fallen nature of man is lawless, is lawless. He does not want to, um, or should we say this way, he does not want his sin to be exposed, and he does not want to be told he is wrong. All right, we're going to look at these three today. If People don't want to be told that they're wrong. People don't want their sins exposed. And we're going to see this. If I were to bring you a list of sins and, and say, don't do this and don't do that, many of us would shrink back because we don't, we don't want to hear it. 
uh, a lot of the world, they, they don't want to hear the Bible because they don't want their sins to be exposed. They like what they're doing. They love to be in, in the dark. And when you bring light forth, they're going to shrink back because their deeds are, they're, are evil. And they don't want to be exposed in it. But it is the, but it, the uh, salvation comes, deliverance comes only when the light comes. If you cast away the light, you cast away deliverance as well because deliverance comes with the light. So we're going to discuss the very first thing that we talked about today. That is, your sins do not make you a sinner. Your sins do not make you a sinner. Now, if the church would be aware of this, if born-again believers would be aware of this, that your sins do not make you a sinner, if we would be aware of that, then we wouldn't be so quick to try to change people's behavior. We tell them that in order for you to be right, well, then you've got to stop drinking, you've got to... Uh, you got to stop doing this and, and stop doing that. And we can go down a whole list. We're telling them that their behavior, uh, the way they act, is more valuable than the shed blood of Christ. No. Believing in Jesus, believing in Jesus always has to come first because he is the main thing. If someone stops those behaviors, if someone, they stop drinking, they, they stop doing the drugs, they stop doing this and that, and they become a good person, would they be accepted by God? No, because it is not the behavior that gives them access into the presence of God. It is believing in Christ Jesus. It is his blood that washes away their sin and not good works. I pray that makes sense to you. Let me show you these scriptures. Let's go to first, let's go to Romans 5. Romans 5, verse 12, and then we'll go to verse 17 um, through 19. And so it goes like this. Romans 12, verse 5, it says, Wherefore, by one, by one man sin entered into the world. Now, of course, that's talking about Adam, right? Now, I want you to really listen to these and really get this into you. As a matter of fact, Father, I pray right now that, um, that your spirit would come upon your people and give them ears to hear and a heart to respond. Holy Spirit, I pray that they would awaken that you would waken your people, that they would get up, that they would awaken to hear your word, that they would awaken, that they would be fully awake and fully alive to hear what you're saying right now in this hour. We thank you for this fresh anointing and this fresh fire that you're pouring out even at this moment. Give me grace, Father, to proclaim the message of Jesus to this world. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Romans 5 verse 12 says, uh, wherefore, as by one man, one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed uh, pass up on all men, for that all have sinned. That's what Adam did. Let's look further in verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We're going to get back to that. Verse 18. Therefore, if by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men, all of mankind, to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of, by the righteousness of, uh, of the free... Let me start again. Even so, by the righteousness of one... The free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Now, listen to verse 19. It really brings this together. Verse 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience, that's Adam's disobedience, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made, say made, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, shall many be made, say made. made, shall many be made righteous. Now the word made, let's look at this for a moment. The word made means to set, place, to render, to declare, show to be, I love that last definition, to come forth as, to come forth as. So if we look back at verse 19, verse 19 says again, for as by one man's disobedience, Many were made sinners, or many came forth as sinners. Because of what Adam did, many, that is the entire human race, came forth as sinners. Many were made sinners. 
So by the obedience of one that is Jesus Christ, shall many be made or come forth as righteous. All right? Because of Adam's sin, we came forth as sinners. And because of Jesus's obedience, we will come forth as righteous. Does that make sense to you? Now, this thought is picked up by the psalmist in Psalm 51, verse 5. Listen to what it says. He says here, for I was born a sinner. I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. So you are born into sin. You are born into sin. You say, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe I was born into sin. Well, if you just look at it naturally, when a baby is born, a baby is innocent. But as the baby continues to grow and mature, the baby gets two and three and, and the baby begins to lie. The, the baby begins to, or we say the child at that point, the child begins to lie. The, uh, the child uh, automatically decides not to share. The child begins to say, mine, mine, mine. Now, nobody taught the child how to lie. Nobody taught the child how not to share. Nobody taught it. It's within the DNA. It happens in the DNA. It's already there. So again, your sins did not make you a sinner. You were born a sinner. You were born a sinner. And the longer you're here on this planet, the more we continue to see it. Unless you are reborn. Unless you are reborn, that is born of the Lamb of God, born of Christ, born of the Spirit. Look at this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This was the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. Nicodem uh, the Lord Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again, born again. And that truly interpreted means to be born from above. You must be born from above. You were born from below, that is, of your mother, and you're born into sin, now you must be born of the Spirit, born from above. So, now this is very, this is very particular. I want you to see this. Let's go, this will bring it clearer to you. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15, again, verse 45. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. I want to bring this point out to you. This will help make it a little bit clearer. It says, the Scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. The Bible calls Jesus the last Adam. The last, not the second Adam, but the last Adam, which means that there would be no other. If the Bible called Jesus the second Adam, there may be a third, fourth, or fifth, or sixth, and so forth and so on. But the Bible puts a cap on it. The Spirit puts a cap on it by saying that Jesus is the last. Now, Adam, the word Adam is very important because Adam serves as the model of all those that would follow. Everybody that was born of Adam sinned like Adam. Everyone that was born of Adam sinned. Remember, we just read that, born into sin. Because of Adam's disobedience, we all disobey. You can't help it. It's in your DNA. You have to work to be, uh, you have to work to do things good. You don't have to work to do things bad. Bad is in your nature. It comes natural. This is why we have to have a new nature, a new nature, a new mind. Doing bad comes natural because that's a part of this natural body. We were born into it. But doing good requires some amount of effort requires effort. And this is why we have to be born again, born from above. So everyone that is born of the first Adam will do as the first Adam did. But everyone that is born of the last Adam will do what the last Adam did. So as we are born again believers, we, there is a battle of growth and maturity as we are struggling many times and overcoming trying to overcome our old nature, which is familiar, and trying to give ourselves fully to the new nature that has come from Christ. Hallelujah. 
Because when you were born up, when you were born of God, you never forgot how to do wrong. You never forgot the feeling of doing wrong. But now we have to learn another way. We have to be, the Bible says in, in um, Romans 12 chapter, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have to, we have to accept this new way that God has given to us that is only made available through receiving Jesus Christ. So once again, uh, you are not called a sinner because of your sin. And you are not called righteous because you do good things. If you were righteous in the sight of God, because, you, because if you could obtain righteousness in God's sight by doing good, then Jesus came in vain. Man could have just done it. If all you got to do is live right to be right, then why did Jesus have to come? But the fact of the matter is, because of our sinful nature, our nature to be disobedient and rebellious, we cannot continue to do right. We cannot continue it. And for the most part as well, um, if you have 100 acts of good, but one act of bad, that one act of bad in this world can trump all your acts of good. Let one negative thing come out uh, on somebody that, that they say was a great person. See how the world crucifies them and destroys them. They could have been doing something for years, 20 and 30 years, excellent person, but they mess up one time and they're destroyed by that negative because we're living in a fallen world. So there's no amount of good that you can do to cover up the bad. It's only going to happen through the blood of Jesus Christ to wash it all away. Hallelujah. So I want you to free yourself from that. Free yourself from uh, going, in, going before the world and you're seeing someone uh, that's living an alternative lifestyle. They're looking like this. They're doing this and that. They think, and I, I went to someone, I was at a park one time in, in, um, in one of the neighboring cities, and I was out just telling people about the Lord. And I saw a gentleman there sitting on the bench and uh, he had a beer in his hand. I came over here and I, I came over to him and I sat down. And I said, hey, you mind if I tell you about the Lord Jesus? And he said, he looked at me like I was really crazy. And he said, don't you see this beer in my hand? I said, yeah, and? Don't you see what I'm doing? Yeah, and? Because the thinking is, I must be right to get right. I must stop sinning in order for God to accept me. I've heard people say, I'll come to church as soon as I stop this, as soon as I stop that. Of course, we know that that thinking is corrupt because it's like someone that says, I'll go to the emergency room as soon as I stop bleeding. I'll go to the emergency room as, as soon as my kidneys are, are functioning better. I'll go as soon as this and that. That doesn't sound right at all. Are you hearing? Let's go on to the second now to the second thing that you will have to begin, you'll have to remember. So in other words, just like Christ, just like God was in Christ, reconciling the world, not counting their sins against them, when you go before people and you tell them about the Lord, don't look at the external. Don't look at what they're doing. Teach them about Christ. Tell them about the good news, what Jesus has done for them, how he has washed their sins away, how they have favor in the sight of God, how now all they have to do is receive the Bible says they have to receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, and they're going to reign in life. All they have to do is receive. It's not about their works. It's about what they're believing. God is willing to wash their sins completely away through the blood of Christ. They just have to come. They have to receive what Jesus did. Hallelujah. So don't get caught up in pointing at other people's sins when that's not the issue. Because they can be sinless in the eyes of the world and can be completely morally good people and still go to hell because it is not their good works that gets them into heaven. It is Christ Jesus that does. And again, if there was another way of getting people saved, the father would have done that and would have spared his son. But there was no other way. I pray you're hearing me. Now, let's look at the next one. There is only one sin that causes people to be eternally, eternally rejected by God, and that is the sin of rejecting Christ. If you reject your Savior, the one who came to save you, then there is no other way for you to be made right in the sight of God. Let's look at those. John 8, 24. John 8, 24. And it says here, 
I said therefore unto you, Jesus speaking, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Jesus said, if you don't believe that I am the Messiah, you will die in your sins. Look at uh, John 14 and 6. It says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He makes it very clear. He makes it very clear. Why is, why is he saying this? Because there is such a deception in the world today. The spirit of Antichrist is in the world today. And it is in our culture. And it is in our movies. It is in entertainment. It is in your, your, the blogs and magazines. It says that you can have redemption before God. You can have peace with God by doing something good. If you are a good person, God will receive you. God will receive you if you are a good person. If you believe what you believe and you are faithful to what you believe, well then, hey, God will have mercy on you and he will allow you to come to heaven. What are they saying? Based on your works, the Father will let you in. But Jesus is very specific. He is the only way to get to Father. He's the only way to be made righteous. And really, tell the truth about it, that truth has been lost in many of our modern-day churches. It has been lost because we have been pressured by the outside world to thinking that there is another way and that God will receive them based on what they do. So if God receives them based on what they do, then he has just ignored the death of his son. Are you hearing? Matthew, the 10th chapter, Matthew 10, verse 32 through 33 says this. I love this. It says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Look at that. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. Notice that there are two time periods there, two time periods. Confession before men talks about now. Confession before Father talks about then, in eternity. All right? Talks about a time of judgment. The Lord said, if you confess me before people, if you acknowledge me before people, if you acknowledge me that I am Savior, I am Lord, if you acknowledge me, well, then I'll acknowledge you at that time there in heaven. I'll acknowledge you before Father. Look at verse 33. He says, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Now the word deny means not to accept. It means to reject. It means to refuse something offered. In other words, Jesus said, if you refuse me, the Holy Spirit is, ref the Holy Spirit is offering Jesus. Even right now at this moment, those of you that are here in this room, uh, and those of you that are watching and listening right now, if you have not received Jesus, and if you deny him, that is, you refuse him. Jesus said, if you refuse me before men during this time, I will refuse you before my Father. Because, listen, he is the only way. Now, I want to show you something that is very key, and I love the way the Amplified Bible brings this in the book of Revelation. Revelation, the third chapter, Revelation 3 and 5. If you really want to see how things end, just go to the end of the book. Just go to the end of the book. Now, I love the way the Amplified Bible brings this home, brings it, brings it really close to us. Are you guys getting anything out of this today? I hope that you are. Revelation 3, verse uh, 5 says this out of the Amplified. He who overcomes, Jesus speaking, he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is a son of God will accordingly be dressed in white clothing, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. That's important. The book of life is extremely important, by the way. He said, I'll never uh, blot out his name from the book of life, and I will confess and openly acknowledge his name before my father and before his angel, saying, he is one of mine. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? So we see how it's going to end up. If you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, not just with your mouth, but also with your actions, with your lifestyle, you're confessing Christ. Because many times 
what you what you do speaks so loud. What you do speaks louder than than what you say. You can say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus all day long. But if we act like a devil, who's going to believe the words that are coming out of your mouth? Your confession must line up with your lifestyle. And truly, if we have received the Lord as our Lord and Savior, uh, then our lives will will line up with our confession. They must be two identical things. Your life, the way you live, and what you say must be synonymous. The way you live and what you say must be synonymous. As a matter of fact, when those things don't match up, when what you say and how you live do not match up, there's a fancy word for that. It's called hypocrite. When you say one thing but do another, it's called hypocrite. Hypocrite. And to all those that are around us, it always seems strange. We always look and see, wow, they said this, but they're looking like they're acting that way. And it, and it never computes. It never computes. You say this, but you do that. There's something wrong with that. And that's just not with the body of Christ. The whole world knows that. The whole world can spot a hypocrite. And it is always frowned upon. So again, we got to be truly saved. We got to be truly born of God. What we say must line up with our actions. Our actions must line up with what we say. In doing this, we will have the character and nature of our Father. The second thing I need you to know from Revelation 3rd chapter, verse number 5, is that by believing in Jesus, your name will be found written in the Lamb's book of life. By believing in Jesus, your name will be found there. Now, you want your name in the book of life. And I'm going to tell you why once again. So, again, by believing in Jesus, your name will be found there. By believing in Jesus, your name will be found in the Lamb's book of life. We can even say by believing in Jesus, your name is written there in the Lamb's book of life. But I believe the true interpretation is when you believe in Jesus, your name will be found. Let's look at Revelation 20. Let's go all the way to the end of the book. Let's go to Revelation 20 or further to the end. Revelation 20, verses 12 through 15. Listen to this. If you ever want to know what's going to happen at the very end, well, here you have it right here. It says, and I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God, standing before uh, God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. Now, these books that it's talking about is that every time you do something, it's written down. Every time we do something, it's written down. You do something good, do something bad, it's written down. There are records being kept meticulous records being kept for all eternity of the things that you have done, whether bad or good. They're all written down. They're all written down in the books. Things that you're ashamed about, things that you're proud about, it's written down in the books. All right? Hallelujah. But listen, if you are born of God, there's only one book that matters, and that is the Lamb's Book of Life. We're going to show you this again. So it shows here. Now, of course, this is the judgment of the world and not the judgment of the body because the judgment of the body of Christ, there, there's no judgment. There's no condemnation for us. So these things will never be, never be brought up before God. This is, this is why we'll have peace with God because our sins have been covered. They have been washed away. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so the Bible says again, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were open, including the book of life. Again, this is why we say people won't get away with anything. (laughs) They won't. The books or whoever killed Jessica Simpson, if it's OJ, we will find out on that day. Whoever killed this person, that person's unsolved mysteries, you will know on that day. It's written down. It says, and the jut, rather, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. You see that? Look at verse 13. The sea gave up its dead. Can you imagine that picture? Dead people that were people died at sea came up. Now, this is a resurrection. They came up from the sea. All of a sudden, skin came back on their bodies, and they stood before God. The sea, and it's, what did it say? Sea gave, gave up the dead. Death gave death and the grave gave up their dead. I'm telling you, everybody's standing before God for judgment. 
and all were judged according to their deeds. Look at verse 14. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. Don't need you anymore. Said this lake of fire is the second death. Do you see that? Look at verse 15. Here's the most important part. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. You see that? So it doesn't, didn't really matter. I, I appreciate the Father because this is the last act of mercy. All these charges were against these people. Everything done, things that they were embarrassed about, uh, things that they didn't want anybody to know, things that, they, uh, things that were covered, maybe even some good things that they did. Everything, everything is written in those books. And people who are judged will be judged out of things that were written in the books. So nobody gets away with anything. So I can see the Father, and this thing is going forth. And our Father is one of love and mercy and kindness and goodness and doesn't want any of those to go into the lake of fire. So after reading all of that, then they turn to the book of life. Is their name in the book of life? Because if it's, if it's in the book of life, then they don't have to worry about this. But because their names were not found, and I can see an angel going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because their names are not found. The word found uh, denotes searching because their names were not found, recorded in the book of life. There's no place for them. There's no place for them among the righteous. No place for them. And that's a sad day. That's a sad day. Now, let me ask you this question as we continue about to close out. If sin does not take us to hell, then why don't we just keep on sinning? If you're a born-again believer and your sins have been washed away, been dealt with in the body of Jesus, the Bible declares in Romans 8 chapter that God condemns sin in the flesh and that you don't, go, you don't gain righteousness with God by not sinning. You don't gain righteousness with God by doing good either. How do you gain righteousness? By believing in Jesus. So why not just keep on sinning? Why not keep doing it? Because if you know that God is... Is if, if the Father sees you as righteous, if you are in Christ and he sees you as righteous and you know you're not going to hell because of your sins, why not? Let's keep on sinning. Let's find out those answers here in Romans, the sixth chapter, Romans 6, verse 12 through 19. I love this, Romans 6, verse 12 through 19. It says here, verse 12, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to, uh, to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. I love that. Give yourselves completely to God. That's a forgotten thing. Give yourselves completely to God. Let's say that. Give yourselves completely to God, meaning don't hold anything back. That should be your goal, to give yourself completely to God. It says, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. All right, listen to that. It says, sin is no longer your master. Sin no longer, I love what King James says it, sin no longer has dominion over you. In other words, this, and we'll see this further on down. Yes, you're a born again believer. And yes, your righteousness before God is not determined by how you sin or don't sin, by doing good or being bad. Your righteousness is not determined by that. Your righteousness, your, your righteousness or your right standing with God was determined by the blood of Jesus. Jesus is the sacrifice. But if we continue in sin, 
be it well known unto you that sin is a master and it will control you. You will be its slave. And if sin controls you, who's controlling the sin? It's the devil. So that is, you'll be a slave of the devil. You'll be his slave. Now, when you are someone's slave, you own nothing. They own everything. In other words, the world would tell you, hey, it's all right to do this. It's all right. Well, I know what, I know what the Bible says. I, 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 yeah, I know all that about fornication, adultery, you know, having sex before marriage. Yeah, I understand all that. But, you know, that's just the way things are done now. That's just the way, because when you go out on a date with somebody, you got to try them out. You know what I'm saying? You got you to gotta try them out, make sure everything works so you can be compatible. They say all these sort of things. They say you got to do it. You got, you a virgin? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? They say all this stuff is all right. All this stuff is okay. But listen, because the father loves us, he tells us, he tells us what is of sin. Now, if something is sin, then that means that the devil has the puppet strings. He has the puppet strings. The world makes pornography look okay. But in that, the devil holding the puppet strings. It's like you give the enemy a key to your house and your alarm code. You say, get out, devil! Get out, devil! But yet and still, you gave him a key and an alarm code. And he comes in and out and wrecks the place anytime he wants to. He's like a, it's like a roommate, a, a terrible roommate, doesn't pay rent, doesn't clean up, doesn't do anything for you in the house, but he eats up all your food, makes the biggest messes. You can't get him out of the house. He just destroys everything, just, just in all your stuff, just in everything. But when the police come, you want us to put him out for you? You say, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I don't want to press charges. It's okay. You think you got it under control. People say, I can stop at any time. I got this under control. I can stop at any time. Meanwhile, the devil beating you up halfway silly. You cast him out the front door, he comes in the back door. Cast him out the back door, he comes in the front door. That joke is keep, he's in the house. So if the world says, it's not a sin, it's not wrong, everybody's doing it. But God says, hey, that's a door opener for the enemy. You will become his slave if you continue in that. He will rule you. He will take things from you. That's what sin does. Sin keeps you a lot longer than you want to stay. It, uh, it will make you spend much more than you wanted to spend. That's what it does. It's like you're living on a, a $20, $20 million yacht, and it's beautiful, but there's a hole in the bottom of it. You don't want a hole in your yacht on the water. It threatens your survival. So even though you are not judged as a born-again believer, God is not judging you. Judging your righteousness, he's not loving you based on your good or your bad. If you say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and sin anyway. Don't you know what you're letting in your life? Because the one that you let in your life hates your daddy, hates him with a passion. And because you are his child, he can't get to daddy. He's going to get to you to hurt daddy. He knows that. The devil knows that as he hurts you and inflicts pain on you because you let him in the front door. He knows as much as he can hurt you, he hurts him because he knows daddy loves you. But if you say with the world, hey, everything is fine. We're all doing it. It's okay. Yeah, I know what God said, but you know, that's old fashioned. We don't do that anymore. That's old fashioned. That's not the way of the world. It's old fashioned. And you accept that? You accept that lie? All that is, you're letting the devil in the front door. You're saying, here, here's Satan. Here my, here my house keys. Here are my car keys. Here's Satan. Here's alarm code. Here's Satan. Here's the access to my checking account. Here's Satan. Here's, here's access to my marriage. Here's Satan. Here's an access to all of it. You are inviting all of his demons to come in because you accept what the world says. Are you hearing? I pray you're hearing. Let's look at verse number 15. It says, now, well then, since God's grace 
has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Didn't we just say that? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previous, previously, previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves of slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. A slave of righteous living. Now, we know that the blood makes us holy. The blood makes us holy in the sight of God. This is speaking about throughout our actions, actually walking this out, seeing holiness revealed, walking it out. Are you still with me? Now, let me show you the last part, and then we're going to close out today. The third concept you have to get, you have to get, is that the fallen nature of man is lawless, it is rebellious, it uh, don't try to, it says, don't try to control me. You're trying to control me. No. It says uh, that his lawlessness is, um, uh, he, he doesn't want his sin to be exposed because he does not intend to repent. He doesn't intend to repent, and he does not want to be told he is wrong. Let me give you about three scriptures, then we're going to close out. Look at John, the third chapter, verses uh, 18 through 20. And I, I love this. John, the third chapter, 18 through 20. And it says this. It says, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in Jesus, believes in him. There's no judgment against anyone that believes in him, believes in Jesus. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's, in God's one and only son. I told you, there's only one sin that takes people to hell, only one sin, and that is rejection of Christ. They've already been condemned. They've already been judged because they haven't believed on the name of Jesus, haven't believed in him. Verse 19 said, and this is why we got to continue to pray for our loved ones, that their eyes would come open, that they would see the glorious gospel of Christ. Verse 19 says, uh, and, the judgment, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. Now, you are a child of light. Now, here's a warning for you. You are a child of light. And the more you give yourself to him, the more you give yourself, as Scripture says, to be a slave of righteousness. The more you give yourself over to Christ, the more light will begin to shine from you. And because you're the one that's bringing the flashlight, and people love their darkness, their evil deeds, and you show up and come around, often you won't have to say anything. And they will automatically not like you and not want you around. And you think that it's because of you. You're taking it personal. But it's not you that, they're, that they don't like. It's the light that you're shining. It's not you that they're hating on personally. They think it's you. But it's the light that's around you. It's like someone that wears some beautiful perfume or beautiful cologne. They come around. I mean, sometimes I have some allergy things going on, and I can't really tolerate a lot of those smells. They may be beautiful, but oh, back up, please. And it is not the person that I, I'm saying, you know, I don't like. It's just their smell. 
If you could just go and wash up a bit and then come back, get all that, you know, and then come back, we can fellowship one with another. Are you hearing? Well, that smell is like the light and you carry it all around you. You are glowing. You are glowing. I'm telling you, you are glowing, glowing, glowing. And when you come into the place, sometimes just you being there and sometimes you may say good morning and you say good morning. And it's like World War Three. What do you mean? Good morning. What do you mean? Because that's not what they heard. You say good morning, but they heard something else because you're carrying light. You're carrying light in a dark world. Now, some that are sitting in darkness, when they see a light, they'll be attracted to you like moths to a flame. Tell me, tell me. You say, can you back up a little bit, please? What's going on with you? Can you, why do you keep calling me? They are attracted to the light and you have to give them Jesus. But then there are other people who will say, get away. It's too bright. It's too bright. It's too bright. Get away. It's too bright. You have to be aware of the light that you're carrying in these last days. Are you hearing? Because people don't want their sins exposed. Now, forsaking the light also means forsaking the word of God. Forsaking the word of God. And this is the culture that we're in today. Look at 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, 2 Timothy 4. I want to bring this to you, verses 3 and 4. And it says this, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. No, No longer listen to sound doctrine. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. They will reject the light. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. They won't be able to endure it. They won't be able to listen to it. So as a result of that, you will see other churches or other organizations that will begin to preach other words that will say, you know, it's all right. Everybody is going to heaven. It, it's, it's all right. You know, we're, we're all be good. You do you. I do me. You know, we're, we're all right. Everybody will go to heaven. God loves us all and, and he'll let us all in no matter what you do, no matter what you've done. He'll, he'll let us all in. You don't really have to believe in Jesus. You don't, you don't really, just as long as you are faithful to what you do is raising up another teaching, another doctrine that excludes Christ. Remember that this is the the time of the Antichrist. And so he's going to preach things, and, and hear me, hear me, you'll know it's the spirit of Antichrist when his way of salvation does not include Jesus, does not include Christ. It is more works based, what you do. And they will say, what you do determines your eternal destiny, what you do. So be good so that you can go, so the universe will accept you. Do good so you will be accepted. Are you got me? All right, one last scripture, I promise. So again, lawlessness is a sign of the end times. Matthew 24, let me read verses 9 through 14. It says this, then they will deliver you up to, uh, rather then, They will deliver you up to uh, tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And and then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness, or I don't want you to tell me anything, don't tell me I'm wrong, I'm rebellious, and I'm going to stay that way. Don't give me truth. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. This gospel, what is this gospel? This gospel is that God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself, bringing people back to him, not counting their sins against them. God was saying, come back home. Don't worry about what you're doing. Don't worry about what you've done. God says, come back home. Come back home. Because as you come into the light, everything is revealed, and you'll discover, hey, I was wrong about that. I I don't have to do this and that. I, I, I can love God. Are you hearing So, Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that 
that your people have heard your word. Father, I pray today that you will bring things back to their remembrance. In these times of crisis that you spoke of, that these things will come back to their remembrance and that they will be prepared in that hour of testing, in that hour of trial. They'll be prepared to weather the storms. I thank you, Lord, for preparing us that as we keep Jesus as the center of our focus. Father, I pray you bless your people today in Jesus' name. And if there's anyone under the sound of my voice, whether in this room or, or watching right now or listening, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you're not sure whether or not your name can be found written in the Lamb's book of life, then let's get that squared away right now. We don't need to enter into eternity uh, not being sure. So just pray this prayer with me. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's believing in Christ that does. So let's just pray this prayer together. Just say, Father, I come to you a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in Jesus that through the shedding of his blood, I am made right with you. I believe that he's alive forevermore and that he's coming back again for his church. I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me, and I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. And Father, I, re I, I repent of my sins. And I turn to you, and I give my whole life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just pray that prayer out of the sincerity of your heart, I believe that you're in the family of God. Now, the Father will confirm that to you, that you are saved, and that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And I say to you, my friends, welcome to the family of God. We love you guys so very much. Remember, you can go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message and so much more. We love you, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye now. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.